Welcome to Exporter International, a podcast specifically focused on Slovak trade matters, featuring international experts, ambassadors, and industry leaders. Presented by Zulf Hayek Khan. Welcome back to Exporter International, the series where we talk to our international community. And today is no exception, and we are delighted to be joined by Zoltan Gombos, one of the honorary consuls of Slovakia to the United States. Dear Zoli, welcome and thanks very much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Zolf. Uh, it's a great opportunity. Really, thank you so much for being here. Absolute honor and a pleasure to have you here in the offices and glad that you've shot over from the United States. Obviously, not in exclusively for us, but we're glad that you're here anyway. Uh, before we get started um, on what exactly an honorary consul is and what they do, uh, I'd start, as with everyone at the beginning, um, and you qualified in Slovakia as a doctor. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and your path before you set sail to the United States? Yes. Um, so I, I indeed, as you mentioned, I started my career as a physician here in, in Slovakia. I finished uh, 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 the medical school here in Bratislava, actually. And that was a long time ago. So and then uh, I became an intern, Stephen. So I actually originally am from uh, Donetska, Strada, mm -hmm. and that's where I started as uh, an internist for a couple of years. And I always uh, really actually wanted to be involved in, in scientific research. And I found this opportunity to join a research lab in the United States. And so basically that was the beginning. So I, I, I actually became uh, a researcher, quote unquote, or research fellow. And I've been publishing some scientific uh, papers, stuff like that. But then, then uh, there was this switch back when I realized that as a matter of fact, I am a doctor, a physician, so I'd like to continue that uh, path in the United States. And that's when I switched back, basically, and I still uh, kept uh, uh, scientific research um, in my mind and, and uh, in my activities. And I chose a, uh, remember I mentioned I was an internist, yeah. I switched to pathology, which is perhaps the most scientific uh, specialty in medicine. And indeed, I became a GI pathologist, and, and I also am board certified in molecular genetic pathology, which is probably the m most modern version of uh, uh, medicine. Well, congrats. well it's, it's a very storied career. I saw your CV is about 18 pages long, and, no, that's, no. and, and that's testament <laughs> to all your achievements. So you're the closest thing we've had to CSI uh, <laughs> in the office uh, so far. But before we get on to all those awards and publications that you've mentioned, um, was traveling always a part of your desire? Did you had you think that you had you thought that you'd reached your limitations in Slovakia? Was the aspiration to travel uh, and broaden your career something that you had decided, or was it just that the opportunity had arisen? It's actually an excellent question. If I think about it just very briefly, I think I always had this in. Uh, don't know what to name it. It was kind of like uh, some some desire, some vision that I want to try uh, myself uh, in in the United States or in in you know when I finished that was last century actually uh, wasn't really a whole lot of opportunity for science here in this country. Uh, nowadays it's different, so I guess uh, maybe people just don't need to go uh, and and leave the country because of that. <laughs> but yeah, something must have been wrong with me actually. As a matter of fact, if I if I think about that, well, this this drama at least well I think you should be I think you should be <laughs> applauded because I think there are quite a few uh, Slo Slovaks who are of academic stature yeah. who have traveled and have gone yeah. and, and and reached successes much like yours and maybe the fear now people like you are can be seen as trailblazers 
uh, uh -huh. if you like, people uh -huh. that have taken that gamble, taken that mm -hmm. risk and decided to go further overseas to test themselves and mm -hmm. achieve the highest level mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. of qualifications. Yeah, absolutely. It's a rocky road. It's a lot of uh, work, a lot of hard work, a lot of sacrificing, uh, leaving your family behind, meaning parents. And uh, Is that uh, a bad thing? Well, yeah, <laughs> it is actually. Now I'm getting older and everybody does. Uh, it's, you know, when you are 25 or 28, you don't think about these things. Like at some point you will hit 50 and then, uh, yeah, everything is changing. And, but I keep, uh, uh basically I, I, I really, uh, uh, spend time and energy on visiting, uh, family, parents and maintaining with friends, uh, I mean, relationships. So, um, these kinds of things. So I'm, I'm not one of those people who left the country and then just came back 20 years after. And that's like, what's going on here. Sure, and that that link with Slovakia is something that's entrenched not only in blood but also in spirit. Um, one of the things that you said earlier, which made me feel terribly old, as you said last century. So please <laughs> don't do that. Okay. You mentioned that time waits for no one. Uh, so hopefully um, we still have a little bit of time left. Oh, we hope so. Well, you've had an illustrious career so far in terms of leadership positions, publications, fellowships, and academic posts, as I saw in your CV, as well as a host of honors. But what for you really stands out as something that you think, I'm really proud of that? Wow. Um, I guess just the fact that I was able to make it and uh, just coming from a small town, I mentioned Dunajska, well, it, it's just partially true. I'm, I'm coming from a small town of like 1500, maybe. And uh, just the fact that uh, I, I actually was able to to leave uh, the country and then just uh, you know travel like I don't know ten thousand kilometers away and then uh, I was able to 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 find my my place in, in the most uh, prestigious uh, universities, for example, the University of Pennsylvania, which is one of the Ivy League institutions in the United States. Probably that that I was able to to basically be there and and uh, work there for three years. That's fabulous, and 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 we wish you many congratulations on what is a very storied career. Moving away from the medical profession, um, in 2018, you became an honorary consul. Uh, not many people actually know what that process is required to be, become an, uh, an honorary consul. And how, how did this thought occur to you? Tell us both about the process and why you decided to become an honorary consul. Mm -hmm. uh, consul. Right? Well, it's, it's, uh, it's a really like a, there's multiple layers to that. Uh, well, the quick answer would be like, I don't know. <laughs> we want the long answer. They're, they're, okay, very good. So, you know, like at a certain stage of your career, I actually, I, uh, after my training, I, I um, started, I joined a private practice in, in Louisiana and then that gave me some, some uh, more uh, means. What I mean is more time and more relationships uh, you have to spend certain amount of time certain number of years in, in certain places to to be basically or be, become uh, a member of that society and i kind of felt that i have uh, some nice connections uh, which is true i guess still and then uh, there was a need and believe it or not it, it's interesting how these uh, strategic plans are happening uh, when I just entertained that, uh, well, maybe I'd like to join the consular course. I actually had a colleague uh, who was uh, already uh, an honorary consul okay. in, in Louisiana, as actually in New Orleans. He actually moved uh, uh, a couple of years ago out from the state. So and that was uh, 
I don't want to say a role model, but but that was something like a catalyst. Uh-huh. Exactly. So I can do more things than just uh, you know just quote unquote being a physician. Sure. Kind of I can use my re- uh, relationships to to connect people, and that's a, a kind of maybe it has something to do with with uh, being a physician. You are trying to help people now. You are trying to connect people. Maybe that that was the next step for me. It's interesting and something that I've already noticed in our brief conversations outside of the podcast and here today is that you're still fiercely proud of that Denise Gastreda um, childhood and how you grew up in, in a small place. And yet, I think maybe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that, that this desire to help Slovak businesses as an honorary consul stems from, from your heritage here. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's I. It's like a couple of times I have this, I have had similar discussions that how proud I am of my upbringing, my my family, my uh, people down in, in South or Southern Slovakia, and also how pr- proud I am uh, that I was able to 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 kind of uh, lead my studies or, or finish the medical school here, which is one of the greatest schools. I mean, I, I had no problems ever uh, having these uh, this basic training uh, from this country, from Bratislava. So, so yes, I mean, there is really uh, a lot of things. And just going back to the initial question that I asked, how the process, the application to become an honorary consul, mm-hmm. how does that work? So, I think I haven't haven't finished my my thoughts uh, or <laughs> my 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 uh, sentence. So, there was actually a need for uh, for an honorary consul from uh, the. Uh, Slovakian embassy or uh, foreign ministry, I believe. And that area was not infiltrated by honorary consuls. That's, I'm talking about South. So it's Louisiana is one of the Southern, the deep Southern states, Mississippi and Alabama. I'm not covering those uh, states, but really the closest um, honorary consul was in Florida okay. at that time. And there is actually one in, in Dallas, Texas. So there was a gap. So it's like, okay, there is need. And then the uh, honorary consul is, is, is not only uh, economic relationships, trade and such, but it's also connecting uh, interests in, in culture. And uh, one of the, which I was more like, when I was deciding, which yeah. I was like, yeah, this is something I want to focus a little more on that. That's education. We have really great schools there in the United States. And then, um, and that was the thing. So kind of like uh, build relationships or maintain relationships or already existing relationships between universities here and over there. You get to fly the flag for Slovakia in the United States. And um one of the things that people may or may not know about honorary consuls is oh, it's one of the few diplomatic positions that are bestowed upon people whereby you can, in fact, engage in commercial activities. Um, has that ever been a thing of interest for you or is it still just really about the maintaining connections and building relationships? Uh, oh, absolutely. I'm not excluding it. And, and you know, like y- you spend more time uh, working as an honorary consul Again, quote unquote, it's it's an honorary position. It's an unpaid position. It's it's uh, it's really important to emphasize uh, that I'm not getting paid by sure. any any, any uh, state uh, office here. Uh, but yes, that's an, uh, uh, one of the benefits that yeah, I'm I'm free to do uh, business uh, if I will. And uh, indeed, uh, this is something that I'm entertaining and I'm actually uh, actively trying to do. And that's great. And I think any Slovak businesses who or any of our members who are listening today. 
uh, or f- on this podcast in the future, should they want to reach out to you um, as one of the honorary consuls in, in your catchment mm-hmm. area of the United States, we, we will absolutely get them in touch with you. Um, one of the questions that I, I also wanted to ask is how many of they are, are you in the United States? And do you have a club you get together? Yeah. Uh, guess what? It's it's about eleven, but now there's going to be a new member joining from from Los Angeles, I believe. So it's going to be probably around twelve, thirteen. But there is need for some more because we are basically the extended arms of uh, our embassy from DC. So in other words, uh, you know, the, the ambassador is is just one person, and, and that person has, albeit very busy and traveling all the time or just a lot. Um, still uh, cannot cover the entire country. And that's when the honorary council comes into play. So, <clears throat> uh, so like foot soldiers. Yes. In, in essence. Yes, yes, exactly. And do you think, ha- have any Slovak companies or uh, businesses reached out to you uh, and approached you saying that, you know, we have aspirations to expand our operations in the mm-hmm. United States? What are the pitfalls? Um, how do we do it? Has that been the case? Yes. Uh, a few, yes. You know, just uh, yeah. The the fact uh, uh, is that the United States is one of the biggest markets in the world, and then um, okay, so this regards China maybe, uh, but one of the biggest markets. And then for every company, I believe in in Europe, even in Slovakia, uh, is is uh, depending on the profile of the company is 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 uh, a dream a land basically to 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 kind of being able to penetrate the US market. Sure. And that comes with all kinds of pitfalls, uh, lack of experience. Of course, you cannot have uh, any experience from Bratislava in uh, New Orleans because you're just clearly physically, you'd never been there. So, and uh, or in other places of, of, of the country. So again, that's uh, when we are helpful in connecting, um, you know, like if you want to do business in the United States, first step is uh, you have to meet with a lawyer and then just to establish an LLC. LLC. And, um, you know, it's it's shocking how quickly that can happen for, you know, it's shocking for people from Europe, like, oh my gosh, and that's, you know, $400, you can establish your, your own LLC. And this is just one of the, the elements of, you know, starting business there. But yeah, short answer, yes, I have a few relationships with uh, Slovakian startups, which I'm trying to help. And, uh, and um, and do you see do you see a successful future? Um, would you like to see more Slovak businesses reach out to you, for example, or or, or look at look at the uh, the Americas as as a really big opportunity that may have not been traditionally so in the past? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Louisiana is is I guess number eleven uh, on a rank uh, out of fifty states where you know the business climate is really great. Oh, that's fantastic! And uh, that means that all, there's all kinds of uh, tax. Uh, the benefits when you bring your company there, you uh, create jobs there. That's something unbelievable. How happy they are and how how helpful they are on on the highest level of of the state. And in terms <clears throat> of uh, expansion into the U.S., you know, a lot of our members come to us and say. What does it look like in terms of CapEx? I mean, you mentioned the LLC registration, Mm -hmm. articles of association, all sorts of tax regimes are different depending on which state. There's no one one law governs all principle. Um, Is it it a minefield or is it something that can be a relatively simple process? Uh, 
Yes, I'm not going to pretend that I'm <laughs> a businessman. And then uh, I will tell you that I believe it is a relatively simple process, simple process and uh, the bureaucracy over there is, is much less than, let's say, here. But uh, to be more exact, um, I, I believe uh, the help from me would be, uh, again, uh, with, through my relationships with fabulous organizations, one of which is uh, New Orleans Business Alliance, and then the other one would be the World Trade Center in New Orleans, which is a, a, an umbrella organization of about 1,000 companies that do international business. So along those lines, I believe uh, uh, I, 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 we can find a way for uh, any hopeful uh, and, uh, and uh, strong and successful Slovakian companies. You mentioned the World Trade Center Alliance and the, the umbrella corporation that houses over a thousand businesses under its roof. Um, do, they, do they do partnerships, joint ventures? Uh, guidance, mentorship? Is it something that we could, for example, at the Council of Slovak Exporters, uh, push our members towards and say, hey, look, it's these guys. They're really good at what they do. They can look after you. We can we can get you some help in the United States. And, and these are the sort of people that are uh, are a strong recommendation. Yes, absolutely. So that's uh, that that organization is, is clearly designed. One of uh, the goals of this organization is to to facilitate international business and help uh, export imports. Uh, New Orleans is, uh, I'm switching a little bit, uh, geographically is, <laughs> is, is in, in a really great place. And then you probably will disagree with that if you consider how many hurricanes we had in the past. But the geograph geographic location is, is uh, the Mississippi River, basically, that's where um, enters the Gulf yep. of Mexico. And then, therefore, um, New Orleans uh, port, port, port of New Orleans is uh, one of the biggest in the United States. I believe it's number four as wow. far as the size is concerned. So all the grain export is 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 going through that area. But yeah, so as, I was, I was as far as switching a little bit. No, no. As far as trade <clears throat> routes is concerned, that's that's absolutely yeah. crucial. And I think. Yeah. Any Slovak uh, company listening to this podcast will understand the relevance of, mm -hmm. you know, it's not just California, it's not just no, the right. United uh, New York, New York it, right? It's uh, it's New Orleans and Louisiana, mm -hmm. and all these places mm -hmm. have massive potential for Slovak businesses, and not to be afraid. One of the questions I ask all of our guests, and and it's um, a burning issue of ours here at the Council of Slovak Exporters, is the internationalization of Slovak businesses. One of the things that we notice here every day is that many Slovak businesses don't have their websites in English. Mm -hmm. Many Slovak businesses don't have their marketing collateral in mm -hmm. English. Many, not their pitch decks aren't in English. Their present PowerPoint presentations aren't in English. Do you think there's a real need and a real push, maybe from the government, uh, maybe from the private sector, to help these companies understand that the to to internationalize and to move to markets? Uh, as big as the United States, that this is the time to get get your brand out there in and make it Anglo-centric. Mm -hmm. No question about it. No question about it on my mind. It's uh, just an example. So let's say there is a company from Bratislava, very great company, very successful company selling stuff. And then all of a sudden, they one day they want to start uh, selling their products or business or whatever in the United States. I don't think any... any uh, business partner will take them seriously unless they have their footprints in the United States. Sure. And that's only in English. 
yeah. like it or not. Th these are the rules you have to learn and uh, follow. We've seen in recent times with the uh, uh, export analysis that we've just published that uh, the, the statistics are alarming. There's a there's a strong over reliance on the EU, and it you know that being a part of the EU has been a wonderful bonus for Slovakia, but at the same time it's handcuffed it in in many regards because Germany is the, mm. the largest exporter of uh, Slovak uh, industries generally, uh, and 85 or 90 percent of the GDP is focused on the EU, mm. and this ambition to to move into broader markets is yet really to materialize. Yes, we see some successes in, in, in China and in Japan, and a, a couple of micro successes in the United States. There are a couple of two or three of the um, big uh, tech companies here have American footprint. Uh, do you see any way in the next five or 10 years for Slovak? I know you're more American-based now than <laughs> you were before, but do you see a pathway for Slovak businesses to move into the United States? And what, what would that look like? Just if you were to think of the top of your head, what should Slovak businesses do to help mm -hmm. get into bigger markets? Well, uh, and I know it's not simple. It's it's probably a multitude of things, but but certainly uh, to get their footprint, to to participate on incubators, which are sure. freely available, or sometimes freely available, organized by embassies, and kind of learn the the game. I mean, it's this is you just really have to do your due diligence, your homework, learn the game. What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? Um, just general stuff like that. And and there is hope. I mean, it's not all bleak. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a young generation coming through here in Slovakia. We see it here every mm -hmm. day. How important are organizations like the Council of Slovak Exporters in terms of being interlocutors for these businesses to come to larger markets? And would you like to see uh, more, in, more associations like ours or would you like us to become bigger? Uh, well, that's a good question too. I mean, it's it's uh, certainly it's not about the numbers; it's about the quality. So uh, it's it's something that if you can grow, that's something I, I really you have my support. It's, we it's appreciate I, I, I really like the way how you put a stress emphasis on 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 running this show, if you will, in English, because that's the language what other people speak uh, all over the world so the international language yes. of business is mm -hmm. english and mm -hmm. uh maybe again we talk about that over reliance on on the eu that has kind of protected ring fenced slovakia's mm -hmm. interests for a while but we see signs of improvement and and uh and expansion and we hope very much that at the council of slovak exporters that we're a part of that uh we want to see businesses flourish and mm -hmm. and we're very very thankful to, for, for Zoltan Gombos to have joined us here today. Do you have any other, anything other to add? Well, I think actually there was one question that I failed to answer oh, please. completely. That was uh, the question about uh, the Slovakian honorary consuls. And I mentioned that there is about 11 to 13 of us and we regularly meet. As a matter of fact, uh, there is our an the annual meeting is happening today as we speak, which I'm actually going to join via Zoom. So I'm sitting here in Bratislava. I cannot be in Iowa. <laughs> Iowa, it's it's uh, Cedar Rapids. That's where it's happening. That the meeting is going to happen. Uh, and then, uh, unfortunately, uh, due to COVID crisis, uh, we were unable to meet in person last year. But this is going to be our first in-person meeting, and that is basically what I wanted to cover too. Thank you. And obviously, through the Council of Slovak Exporters, we link all our members to our honorary, council, honorary consuls rather, 
Um, all our all your addresses and email addresses are available through our website. And of course, uh, we'll be also uploading that into a brand new platform that will be released in the fall, as you would say. Uh, and on behalf of the Council of Slovak Exporters and on our ongoing Export Air International series, we thank Zoltan Gombos, Honorary Consul to Slovakia in the United States for joining us here today. Many thanks, Zoltan. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you so much, Zolf. The pleasure is on my side. Thank you. Export Air International is brought to you exclusively by the Council of Slovak Exporters.